sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. Praise the Lord. Have you been blessed? Praise the Lord. I like this little sunflower. (laughs) Vernon, I asked Vernon if I could bring it up. Then he came in and he wanted to put it in my pocket. And I said, that's a dormant. But when I put it out here, it's beautiful. (laughs) But anyways. uh, I told told Susan that... uh, I think everything has been said that I, well, maybe not, but pretty much what's on my heart has been touched on it in the opening in the children's lesson. So thank you, Randall and uh, Vernon, for what you shared with us this morning. God is good. I trust you're uh, doing what the the sunflower does. I trust we're doing what the sunflower does. I, I knew a little bit of that, but thank you for that education this morning, Vernon. It's beautiful, beautiful. Probably one of those lessons that I won't forget. I remember uh, Leon Zook. He used to have children's lesson that I still remember from years ago. Somehow he just had a way of uh, having some. But anyways. Well, greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It's it's good to be here. I am blessed. I'm encouraged. I, uh, some of you, yeah, uh, I wasn't here a Sunday or so, was it? I forget when it was, two Sundays ago maybe. Anyways, so I'm dealing a little bit more with headaches, so knowing that I was on for the main message, I wasn't quite sure whether I should uh, uh, press through with it or not, but I decided to. And... Uh, <clears throat> So, I have my ups and downs with my headaches, but you know, just sitting here this morning and hearing what all that we heard, Randall, you mentioned something about praying that prayer, uh, we're putting a man on his, on his back. Well, I don't know that I was put on my back, but uh, I know there's, or how should I say, because of my headaches, I, I need to, I spend more time in the basement where it's dark. So just to get over it, if a headache comes, why well, that's about the best thing I can do is uh, go down there and, and just lay in the chair and uh, meditate. And I love to do that. <clears throat> but sometimes, you know, work is, work is calling pretty hard, and that can be trying to when you're trying to meditate, if you will. <clears throat> but God is faithful. God is faithful. <clears throat> Well, let's rise to our feet and have a prayer before we go into the message. Can we do that? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you're here. And God, that you're looking down upon us this morning. 
And Lord, I pray that we all here would be like that sunflower God that is looking up to you into your face. And Lord, there's so many different illustrations there, so many different things, God, that we could take away from that, Lord. Oh God, just the, the aspect of as that those sunflowers are looking to the sun. And I don't know, but I would, I would uh, assume that they probably all look alike pretty much when they look to the sun. But if those who don't look to the sun, they're strapped down or whatever, God, they, 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 look, they look skinny or they look whatever. They don't look like the others. And I pray, O oh God, here this morning, that every one of us, Lord, would be looking to the Son, the Lord Jesus. And God, that we could find nourishment, that we could find strength, that we could find encouragement, that we could find what we need for our journey. Lord, we need You. We live in a real world. And, the, and this world is not... Uh, or this world is not a friend to grace. And God, we need You. We need Your grace, Lord. We need Your power, God. We need all that You have for us, Lord. We're living in perilous times, God. And I just pray, O oh Father, that You would minister, continue to minister to our hearts and encourage our hearts. Edify us, Lord, here this morning. And yes, convict us, God, where we need to be where we need to see where we're erring, God, I pray. Oh Lord, Father, the example that was given, that we can be in the fold, but we're not drinking. God, I pray, if there's any soul here this morning, Lord, that is here but has no desire to drink, God, would you do something about it, Lord? We pray this morning, God. I know it comes back to the individual's choice. But, oh God, I pray that you would do with all that's in your power. Oh God, I pray this morning, Lord. We seek you, we call upon you this morning. And we thank you that you're here. And I just pray, God, in light of the message that's on my heart here this morning. Lord, I pray for grace, God. I pray for strength, Lord. I pray for clarity of thought and mind, God, to share. Your Word, O God, rightly dividing the Word of truth, Lord. Not giving my own thoughts and my own ideas, God, that will end up in, the, in, the, in, the, in death. But, O God, I pray for Your true heart to come through, again to come through here in the message, Lord, we pray this morning. We thank You and we praise You. Be with those that cannot be here this morning because of, of different reasons, God, of sickness. We think of Andrews and... We think of Laverne uh, Miller this morning. Lord, we pray that Your hand would be upon them, O God. Be with them, Lord. Bless them. God, encourage their hearts. Help them to be like the sunflower that is looking to Jesus. O God, I pray. And help us, Lord, to know how to be there with them and for them through these times, God. Help us, Lord, to be that we know what it is to one another. O God, I pray. We thank You. Now, Lord, I just ask again for your grace to share your word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can sit down. <clears throat> I had wanted to sing that song. <clears throat> I think we'll take the time, Levon. Uh, Holy God, we praise thy name. Could we sing that song yet? Should have maybe kept standing, but let's sing that song.
89, in light of the message here. Like there, you want to start it? song. I never, I never get tired of singing it. 
Well, the title of the message this morning is The Holiness of God. And uh, I was talking to a brother earlier this week, and that's kind of where I think I could say this message started, even though it's been on my heart before. But uh, we just want to look this morning at the holiness of God. What comes to your mind when you think of the holiness of God? We sang that song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. God is holy. What is the holiness of God? If God would come in His holiness into our midst here this morning, how would that be? God is holy. The holiness of God. And I have three, uh, pretty much three points that I want to look at this morning. I guess it's the title, The Holiness of God. And then I want to look at have have we gotten used to the dark. And then the the last one is... A key to not getting used to the dark. So that's what's on my heart this morning. The holiness of God. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. And uh, read of a, of a, of a, how should I say? A vision that I say I had of the holiness of God. Start reading in uh, Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of Him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And this was Isaiah's response. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes, mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away. And thy sin is purged. And I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then said I, Here am I, send me. And I think I'll stop reading there. But here we have a, have a picture. Here we have... A, 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 we read of a vision that Isaiah had of the holiness of God. And I don't know how many of you have this book by Tozer on the knowledge of the holy. Raise your hand. Okay. 
I would encourage everyone to get a book. It's on the attributes of God. And one of those is holiness. So here Isaiah had a vision of the holiness of God. And he was not the same. I didn't look into it too much, but I would have heard messages over the years. And you, you, you can't tend to pick things up and, uh, as, as you hear different messages. But there was a comment made one time that before this, before Isaiah had this vision, he was woeing this and woeing that. But when he had a vision of God, he said, what? Woe is me. And brothers and sisters, that's what we need. We need, we need a vision. We need something of what Isaiah saw here. Maybe not a literal vision, but somehow when, we, when we're reading the Word of God, that we see that our eyes are open. And that we see the holiness of God. And instead of driving us away, it drives us to the foot of the cross and we say, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Change me. And again, maybe referring to messages that I heard over the years. And then... When God cleanses our hearts, then we can, maybe we can speak carefully. We can speak carefully. <clears throat> and we also have another uh, in uh, Revelations. Let's first turn to that. Revelations chapter 4. <clears throat> I like to read this. Revelations 4, 6 to 11. It says, and before... The throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne, around about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the four beasts was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf, and the third beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And we grasp that. They were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before Him, that sat on the throne and worship Him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. That's what's happening in heaven. That's what's happening in heaven. Holy, holy, holy. There is nothing impure, how should I say it this morning? There is nothing unclean in heaven. God is 100% pure, 100% holy. (sighs) 
God is holy. The Bible tells us, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. No man shall see the Lord without holiness. God is holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. We also read in uh, Hebrews where it talks about Jesus. It says that Jesus loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. Jesus loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. And I didn't look into that word very deep, but just thinking here in light of what we're saying about God being 100% pure. Jesus hated iniquity. Do I hate iniquity? Do you hate iniquity? Do we know what iniquity is? Do I know what iniquity is? Jesus loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. Maybe we should quote the rest of that verse, but... Another thought here is that sin, that sin would become exceedingly sinful. Do we have that, do we have that cry or that burden on our hearts? Lord, help me to see sin as exceedingly sinful. Help me to see it the way you see it. You know, we live in a fallen world and we get bombarded by this and by that and and uh, we tend to look at each other and we tend to look at the world and, and we, we work out there in the world, if you will, and we uh, rub shoulders and, we, and somehow things start... What? Sin isn't quite maybe as sinful anymore. Well, they're nice people. <clears throat> well, remember, God is holy. <clears throat> Oh, that sin would become exceedingly sinful. That we would see sin for what it is. Jesus died on the cross because of sin. It was you and my sin that nailed Him there. And He was willing to go on that cruel cross so that I could be free from my sin Why would I want to go back into that sin again? After I have been cleansed, after the pig is washed, after it's clean, why does the pig go back into the mud and get muddy? Why we as Christians, those who are in the fold, very interesting, Randall, that gave me some more things to think about. How all that theologically... Uh, uh, works out. <clears throat> Not that you're off. <laughs> but just thinking about that. You know, a pig will always be a pig, I guess, unless it gets converted. <clears throat> Can you convert a pig? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> God can convert us if we're a pig. And He can change us. And He can cleanse us. And He can make us holy. Be ye holy. Because I am holy. Is sin becoming exceedingly sinful to me, to you this morning? You know, if I can tie into what Randall was sharing. You know, we can 
We can, we can discipline ourselves and we can do a lot of things. But if we don't get this one right, it's all going to fail. It's all going to fail. If we still don't see sin for what it is and we still just kind of play with sin, that hunger is not going to be there. Let me read here. The most important of the attributes of God is to explain... The most important of the attributes of God is to explain everything else where there is to know about Him. Whatever God is and does, it is because He is holy. The holiness of God. God is holy. Everything God does is right. God is holy, 100% pure, righteous. Everything that He does is right. There's no hypocrisy. Oh, that God would have mercy on all of us. If there's any hypocrisy in me, if there's any hypocrisy in us, that God would have mercy on us and show us. God is holy. Jesus loved righteousness and He hated iniquity. What does it mean to be holy? I'm not talking about man-made holiness but talking about the holiness of God. God is holy. When we have a revelation of the holiness of God, we see our own undoneness and cry, God, make me holy. First Peter, we read, and I quoted that already, talks about, be ye holy, for I am holy. Matthew 5, 48 says, uh, uh, Jesus says, be ye perfect, even as my Father in heaven is perfect. Luke chapter 6, verse 36 says, Be ye merciful, even as my Father in heaven is merciful. John 17, 22, Jesus prayed that we may be one, even as Him and the Father are one. John 13, 34, uh, Jesus gives a commandment that we love one another as He loved us. Jesus loved righteousness and He hated iniquity. And I don't know, but I have a burden on my heart. There is confusion in the Christian world today on this whole aspect of the love of God. Do we really know what the love of God is? Do I know what the love of God is? You know, we hear these things that uh, uh, about about uh, you know, people like to talk about love, but they don't like to talk about the truth. Well, there's a problem. There's a problem with that. God is love and God is truth. So what are you going to do with that? You can't divide them. You can't split them. You can't put them apart. God is... The, uh, uh, how are we saying that song? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are one. And so if we buy into this thing of where we pin one against the other, we're in trouble, brothers and sisters. Let us never do that. And you know what it does to each one of us when we allow that to sink into our hearts and we get a hold of that in a, in a measure that we can, that God gives us? You know what that does to us? It puts us on our knees before God. 
Because without Him, I cannot be holy. Without Him, I cannot be righteous. Without Him, I cannot be merciful. Without Him, I cannot love the way I ought to love. God is holy and commands us to be holy because He is holy. I want to read out of Tozer's book here on knowledge of the holy, on the holiness of God. Just to insert here. God is holy and with an absolute holiness that knows no degrees. And this He cannot impart to His creatures. But there is a relative and contingent holiness which He shares with angels and seraphims in heaven and with redeemed men on earth as their preparation for heaven. This holiness God can and does impart to His children. He shares it with them by imputation and and by impartation. And because He has made it available to them through the blood of the Lamb, He requires it of them. To Israel first and later to His church, God spoke saying, Be ye holy, for I am holy. He did not say, Be ye holy as I am holy. For, for that would be to demand of a, us absolute holiness. Something that belongs to God alone. Before the uncreated fire of God's holiness, angels veil their faces. Yea, the heavens are not clean and the stars are not pure in His sight. No honest man can say, I am holy. But neither is any honest man willing to ignore the solemn words of the inspired writer. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Caught in this dilemma, we are, what are we Christians to do? We must, like Moses, cover ourselves with faith and humility while we steal a quick look at the God whom no man can see and live. The broken and the contrite heart He will not despise. We must hide our unholiness in the wounds of Christ as Moses hid himself in the cleft of the rock while the glory of God passed by. We must take refuge from God in God. That stood out to me. We must take refuge from God in God. Above all, we must believe that God sees us perfect in His Son while His disciples and while He disciplines and chastens and purges us that we may be partakers of His holiness. By faith and obedience, by constant meditation on the holiness of God, by loving righteous, hating iniquity, by growing acquaintance with the spirit of holiness, we can accumulate our... our ourselves to the fellowship of the saints on earth and prepare ourselves. Thus, as they say, when humble believers meet, we will have a heaven to go to, to heaven in. Holy. God is holy. Well, I hope I would, uh, by just looking at this this morning, that your appetite has been wet. How should I say? To where you have a desire to look deeper. To have a greater revelation of the holiness of God. We need it, brothers and sisters. We need it. 
There's too much unholiness out there. There's too much unholiness out there. And what's going to keep us on course? We need to look at the sun like this sunflower does. We need to look at the sun. We need to look at the light. God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. No iniquity. No hypocrisy. We need to look at the sun. We need to look at the light. We need to look into the Word. And allow the Word of God to convict us. Allow the Word of God to speak to us. Can I give you a key? In light of what Randall was saying. I chose to do this a couple years ago. In a more way than I think I ever did before. I don't know. But somehow it really stood out to me. But I decided for my morning to, to get up and have a relaxed time. Rather than a rush time. I don't know that I was always rushing through my devotions. But there's something about setting a time apart. Where you can sit, if you will, at the feet of Jesus. Looking into the Scriptures. Looking into the Word of God. Looking into the holiness of God. And allow that to have an effect upon my heart to where it does something. You know, we go to church Sunday to Sunday. We hear... And we hear, and we hear, and we hear. But are we being changed? And that's another burden. We want to look at that. That's another burden. Why is it that we're not changing more? Why is it that we're not, that, that somehow we can hear, and we can hear, and we can hear? And so I don't know, I, I, I didn't look into that, and I was thinking of looking at the parable of the sore there. Uh, you can help me out, Larry, uh, on that later then maybe. But uh, is there something about hearing but not hearing? I mean, James talks about hearing and, uh, but not being doers of the word so we can hear but yet not doing, it doesn't do anything. <clears throat> okay, well, let's leave that. Uh, the, uh, the aspect there of the holiness of God. Now I want to look at, uh, have we gotten used to the dark? Have you, brother, have you, sister, have we gotten used to the dark? And, you know, we could talk about a lot of things here this morning, but maybe, maybe I'll just say something that is a burden on my heart in knowing how to rightly relate to people that, how should I say this? The problem that was in Sodom and Gomorrah, we have that problem these days, today. And we go to homes where we put windows in, that that's what's happening. And it's not in secret. As far as, uh, let, let me explain what I mean by that. It's not in secret. So here I drive up to a, a house. There beside, the, you know, we have a, a big rock. The children gave us a rock. It says, New Swingers, I think. I forget what else says on it, but I guess I didn't look at it lately. <laughs> but thank you, children, for that. <clears throat> but here, there was a stone. I drive up to the house, and here's a stone. And here you have a name of a man and a heart and a name of another man. Um, 
Well, sometimes, you know, men and ladies' names can, you know, be used interchangeable. But in this situation, it wasn't that way. It was very clear. Plus, I knew who was this man and who was that man. You know what I'm talking about? Have we gotten used to the dark? You know, Sodom, is that what not brought judgment down on Sodom and Gomorrah? Because of that sin. And I don't know where to go with it all. As far as how to, I remember being out at a meeting somewhere and, and uh, Chris and, uh, and Clint, Clint, uh, uh, Clint, Clint Wolf, and yes, uh, Glenn Operhoser. Somehow I, I said about, and actually, now that I think about it, it was actually that very same situation. I said the first time, I think it was the first time, this is probably maybe six, seven years, I don't know how long ago it was, that this reality hit, reality hit me. I came home and all of a sudden I realized what situation what house I was going to be putting windows in. And something just turned in me. It's just like, I wanted to run. But you know, they're people, they need a house to live in. But where do you go with it? I don't know if I have it all figured out, I don't. But somehow, through all that, we need to see sin as exceedingly sinful. And God help us to know how to walk through those things. I don't know if I should spend much time on that. And I know we need to be careful these days. But brothers and sisters, have we allowed, have we gotten used to the dark? It doesn't quite jar us quite as much anymore. And I can say, honestly, I don't, I don't think it does anymore. It's the first time it happened to me. So what's going on? What's happening? Well, you have to kind of find a way to, yeah, you can't be uh, uh, whatever, but. <clears throat> Maybe I'll say this. I wasn't sure whether I want to say it or not. <clears throat> Another situation. It was two ladies. And one of the ladies was a brother to a man in the community. And that brother buys windows from me. And that brother was in the hospital with COVID. And I was working for this situation. And uh, I decided just to ask the sister how, how this pers- brother is doing. And... Uh, was shared with me how he's how he's faring and and then it was said pray for him let we need to pray you see have we gotten used to the dark or have we gotten used to unholiness sin is not sin anymore we have reason around it it's not so bad but now wait a minute what does God think about it We need a fresh revelation of the holiness of God so that sin is not sin. 
for that sin is sin again. Maybe I should say on this point, Jesus was the most holy man that ever walked on this earth. But Jesus had no holier-than-thou attitude. We need to see sin for what it is, but we also need to be careful that we don't fall into the trap holier-than-thou. We need to be humble, broken, merciful, compassionate, showing compassion to the sinners. But yet, showing them that they're the sin that they're in brings God's judgment. It brings God's judgment. Mm. You know, I listened to a message this past week. Maybe some of you had listened to it years ago. There was a message preached about Jonah. The man, the message, the movement. And it was brought out in that message that Jonah went to Nineveh and he preached judgment. And just think with me, the, the, the message is you listen to the message, you come out a little bit different than normally, you know, you think of Jonah, why did you run from God? And you're kind of being hard on Jonah. <clears throat> but he brought out some thoughts there that maybe, uh, you know, I soften a little bit on that. <clears throat> but think with me this morning. There Jonah, yes, he fled. But there was a whale there that, that swallowed him up in the sea. And was he in there for three Three days or however long it was. And he was down there in the well's belly. And somebody has said already that the, that the, the heart of a whale is as big as a beetle bug car. And that thing, can you imagine? Boom, 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 boom. There he is, pounding, being pounded away. And a time comes and down with this, the, just what is in the belly of a whale. In hell. And there's a time that comes when that, when that, when Jonah is spit out onto the land. I should have looked at it again afresh, but isn't that the message came again? Jonah, go preach to Nineveh. And Jonah went. But can you imagine Jonah, after he was in the well's belly, to go and preach? Things look different, I'm sure. Things look different. Okay, have we gotten used to the dark? The third one here I have is technology. And I was thinking of something yesterday when I jotted that down this morning. I, when I was making my notes here, I, uh, I just punched in my phone uh, to, to get to, so I would spell the word right, technology. And as I put, punched that in, the definition of what technology is, listen to it. Technology is the result of accumulated knowledge, an application of skills, methods, and processes used in industrial production and scientific research. And all of a sudden, my mind did a turn. Technology. We live in a day of technology. And I was going to say technology, and I I still believe this, technology has helped us to get used to the dark. And I'll say it in another way here in light of what I just read. Technology has, has helped us to get used to the dark. And what I mean by that in light of what I read. The accumulation of knowledge, application of skills, methods, and processes used in industrial production and scientific research. 
What I get out of that this morning is, is that we don't need God. We got it. We got Google. We don't need God. Is that my heart? Is that your heart? We can almost live without God. Well, they tell me, I heard this, that I don't know what year it was, or what, uh, but it was said that the leading religion of the United States is no religion. You ever hear that? The leading, the leading religion in America is no religion. What does that spell out? Doesn't that also say we don't need God? We're our own God. We got what we need. We got Google. We got this. We got that. We got it all. Why do we need God? Well, brothers and sisters, we do need God. We have gotten too used to the dark. May God help us to see this technology for what it is. And you know what? As I thought about it in light of this point that I'm making here about we don't need God in light of technology. Don't you think that there's a thread, there's something in that whole thing that's exactly the bottom line? Or I don't know how to say the bottom line, but it's, there's, there's something there that we need to be very much aware of. Technology, feeding into the system, feeding into the, this world system, if you will. Do I see the danger of it? I say, ah. Well, if we don't see the danger of it, we have gotten used to the dark. I just want to touch a little bit here on Cain and his offering. We know Cain there, Cain and Abel. What Cain did to Abel. Before that, he was offering, giving an offering to God. This kind of ties in with Randall's message again. Cain and his offering. Warning number one. His offering was not accepted. Cain didn't need God. Do we need God? Do we see our desperate need of God? Is Is your offering being accepted by God? Is your devotional life real? Is God hearing you? Are you getting angry at God because God is not answering your prayer and you're blaming Him? We can do that. If that is happening, it's because we have gotten used to the dark. Cain's offering was not accepted. And he got angry. He got angry. Jude talks about Cain, uh, the way of Cain. The way of Cain is, is death. Let us beware that we don't fall, that we don't go the way of Cain. Have we gotten used to the dark? God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Walk in the light as He is in the light. We shall have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If there's any iniquity in my heart, if there's any iniquity in your heart here this morning, and anyone listening in, 
There's one thing you need to do, and that is to bring it into the light and allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. Or else, or else it's going to get darker. It's going to get darker. Let us not play games with God. Now the last point I have is uh, a key to not getting used to the dark. A key to not getting used to the dark. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter three, reading verse 14 to 18. But their minds were blinded for unto this day remained the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But. We all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. A key to not getting used to the dark. What's the key in here? Who can tell me? What's the key in here? Yes, brother, with an open face. Remember the sunflower? The sunflower, open face. Doing what? Beholding the glory of the Lord. Beholding His, in light of the message this morning, His holiness. Beholding Him. Then we are changed. Do you want to be changed this morning? You need to have that open face, open heart, open spirit, where you're completely open. Let's go to Genesis now. We're going now to uh, Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4. 3 to 12. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstling of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well... Shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. I am, am I my brother's keeper? And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's Blood crieth unto me from the ground, and how art thou? And now art thou cursed from the earth, which hath opened her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou tillest the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. 
a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. <clears throat> Going back again to the, uh, we'll expound some more on this then. Going back again to the thing of hearing. We are hearing, but not receiving. There is no change. <clears throat> we read in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 about the children of Israel, the, the, the word or the gospel was preached unto them, but it did not profit them because there was no faith. That ties in too. There needs to be faith. To have that open face, you need to have faith. <clears throat> that God is for me and not against me. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> and James there about James 1, 22, 24, about hearing Hearing but not being doers of the word. And I should maybe, uh, I had a comment there that I thought of about, it talks there about being deceived. And that's a terrible thing. <clears throat> but, be deer, be, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be hear of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Mm. Verse 22 it says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So we're looking into God's word, and we say, Oh, that's a love, that's a beautiful thing. That's, that's, that's beautiful. But it's not doing anything. We're not doing anything about it. It's not, it's not changing us. We're not, we're not being doers of the word. And the Bible, James says there that we're deceived. And you know the terrible thing about deception is, is, is you don't know it. You don't know it. Well, I like to think if we, if we have a heart cry like Randall was talking about, that God will have mercy on us and open our eyes. We need our eyes to be open. <clears throat> so we're in Genesis here about Cain and Abel. What was the problem with Cain? Who can tell me? What was the problem with Cain? say <clears throat> but in light of this sunflower what was the problem with Cain did he have that did Abel have this yes Cain was like this God came and spoke to him Cain didn't receive God's rebuke, but resisted it. Because he did not receive it, but resisted it, he ended up killing his brother. The earth received the blood of Abel, his brother. Cain did not receive God's rebuke, but the earth received the blood of righteous Abel. The earth received the blood of Abel, but Cain did not receive the blood of Christ to cleanse him from his sin. Because Cain did not receive the blood for cleansing, the earth resisted in yielding Cain's strength. You can use different words in there, but that word strength was mentioned 
The word strength was mentioned different times this morning. It really stood out to me. The earth resisted in yielding Cain strength, fruit or substance or wealth. And the earth also resisted putting this. I'm putting this in my own words. And the earth resisted him a home. He was a fugitive and a vagabond. The way of the transgressor is hard. It's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Don't resist him. Don't resist God. Don't resist God. Even if you don't understand. Don't resist God. Even if you don't understand. The children of Israel did not understand God. And God was grieved with them, it says there in Hebrews, because they have not known my ways. If we don't understand God somehow, maybe there's a rebuke that comes from God or through whatever source it comes from. Maybe we don't understand, but that's okay. The flesh doesn't think it's okay, but that's okay. We need to be like this flower that is like this and say, Lord, help me to understand. Help me to understand. Because the opposite, or the uh, the other side of that is the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. God resists the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. <clears throat> well, I need to close off here, <clears throat> but I I was thinking also this, and I think it was mentioned in children's lesson, or at least alluded to, about in Second Corinthians. It talks about uh, comparing ourselves among ourselves. It says there that it's not wise to do that. When we compare ourselves among ourselves, when we compare ourselves with God, we see our weak undoneness. And also we see our total unableness to be holy like He is holy. He needs to put us on our knees and we die to our self-effort and cast ourselves on God, believing that He can make us holy. There's an aspect of where this whole aspect of looking at others and, you know, they're not doing as good as I am, so I'm, you know where that, what that is. That's pride, self-righteousness. We can't go there. And so what I got out of this, this whole aspect of comparing ourselves among ourselves, rather that we have, if you will, uh, have the holiness of God before us, or have a fresh revelation of the holiness of God, and then it will come out right. We can see how far, we sh- how far short we fall. But you know what? God doesn't say, okay now, you can't measure up, out the door you go. But He has made a way. He has made a way. And sometimes, and I can share this from my own personal experience, I, I, in my early Christian life, I heard these, the holiness of God, if you will, these high ideals, and I thought I, I, I wanted to be there now. And it can bring a lot of discouragement because, so, so what is the natural answer to that is, well, if you look too much at the holiness of God, you're just going to feel uncondemned, and so that, that doesn't come out right. 
Well, that's the wrong answer. The answer is, is if we see, when we see God truly for who He is, yes, we see our undoneness and we see His holiness, but we also see that He has made a way. Praise God. <clears throat> he has made a way. <clears throat> well, did I make this clear point? Maybe it was a little bit vague. A key to not getting used to the dark. What is that key? Is to having a heart that is wide open. Open to the Lord. Open to each other where we're open to each other. God resists the proud because grace unto the humble was not, wasn't uh, able, uh, Cain, he, he was proud, was he not? <clears throat> The key to getting you, uh, a key to not getting used to the dark is to see, uh, yes, receiving, receiving, having a heart that is open to receiving that receives from the Lord. And now in closing here, I just want to read this. If I am here and don't have that cry from my heart, and maybe I didn't mention this. Maybe I did. Do you ever pray, Lord, make me as holy as a man can be this side of eternity? Lord, make me as holy as a man can be this side of eternity. If I am here and don't have that cry from my heart, I want to be as holy as a man can be this side of eternity. I want to be like Jesus. You have gotten used to the dark. And I tremble for you. And exhort you to cry out to God for mercy. How have I gotten to this place? What have I done to get to a place like this? Is there hope for me? Yes, there can be by seeing uh, our desperate need of the holiness of God. Seeing our desperate need of God. So I leave you with that this morning. I hope you're encouraged. And I hope that uh, this message is not a condemning message. But we cannot, we cannot play games with God. And like I said somewhere in my message there about where you've heard of this thing of uh, uh, grace and truth or uh, law and law and grace where what, what man can do is pin those two against each other. We can't do that. We can't do that. We need to see that they are beautifully worked in, in, in God's uh, uh, they beautifully work together. So we need to line ourselves up with that. So may God have his way. God bless you. Mm.